Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. All right, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you uh, for the hope that you bring, the promises that come in this season. And God, uh, just ask that as we look at your word once again and see a very messy situation, I pray too that we would be reminded uh, that you are a God who works in the midst of the mess, that you're here with us, and that there is hope here, right now. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we are starting this series called A Messy Christmas, and it just seems very fitting uh, that this is what we're talking about during this season, during 2020 and all things that are happening and going on. I'm not sure how your Thanksgiving went. I would anticipate it probably was a little bit different than something that you've done in years past. It's just where we are right now. And it just seems very fitting that during this season of Christmas that we would also lean in on the messy, lean in on some of the promises that God gives us in the midst of the mess. Now, I'd be very clear as we're talking in this season of Advent that uh, we're talking about these promises of God that are more like a foundational uh, truth that we stand on, not a protective bubble. Do you understand the difference here? Because I think sometimes we look at the promises of God and see them as like, well, they should shield us from all of these horrible things. I've got the best face mask on ever. But, But really... The promises of God are foundational that we stand on, that when the storm, when the pain, when the struggle comes, we stand on these things, because then we can withstand what is ahead. And so for today, uh, we're talking about the ruler. We're discussing how the ruler is a foundational truth, a promise of God that we stand on. Explain this here in a little bit, but I want to begin uh, with this. How many of you have seen this show on Netflix? It's called Nailed It. A- anybody seen it before? All right, uh, it's, it's a cooking show that you can watch and binge on Netflix, all of them, and it goes like this. Um, they have these three contestants that are not good bakers. They're average at best. And they are given something by these professionals to duplicate, to replicate that very thing. They're given the recipe, all the equipment that they need, and uh, they just have to make what they see. And what makes the show so great is there's this moment right here where he has the little glass jar and he's going to reveal what his creation is. And as he reveals it, he says these words, nailed it. But instead of it being more like uh, out of confidence, like, yeah, I really nailed that. It's more like nailed it. Because like a lot of them look like this. (laughs) 
I'll let you guess which one was the original. But, but it's, this is actually one of them from the show. The reveal is, hey, I, I nailed it. And I, I think the reason that I just love watching this show right now in particular is, is because it just seems to be very fitting in this messy world that we're in. That, that we love uh, that the inconsistencies that can come when we know that this is how things are supposed to be, this isn't how it's created to be. But, but life in 2020 feels more like the thing on the right than the thing on the left. Like, can I even eat the thing on the right? And, and what's so fascinating to me with this as well is that, that this show also kind of reveals some deep truth of who we are at times too. I mean, when we think about consistency, I, I don't think that describes us all that often. Starting things and stopping things, trying to do better the next time. I mean, the perfect example for me is I have this little pet peeve of I cannot stand when somebody is at a stoplight and they're sitting there as it turns green because they're looking at their phone. The problem is that when I complain about that, my wife who's sitting in the passenger seat says, really, you have any reason to talk right now? See, our lives seem to be filled with all kinds of inconsistencies. In the midst of chaos, we contribute to those chaotic things that are happening and going on. But what's interesting is that when we look at, at Scripture, when we look at the Bible, we read that, that God is described as this consistent God. One who is, as we'll pray about later, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the reason that we're identifying this ruler first is that a ruler is a marker of consistency. An inch is always an inch. A foot is always a foot. It is measuring something on a consistent basis. And so in the midst of chaos... In the midst of all kinds of inconsistency, we need a foundational truth that is consistent. And what's fascinating is that when you look at some of the biblical characters, you will read that in the midst of chaos, they go to this foundational truth. Today, I want to look at the story of Mary also known as the mother of Jesus. We read her words from what's known as the Magnificat. And and in this very moment, we read of, of Mary that, that she finds out that she is pregnant. And, and while that might be filled with joy, when you read in Luke's account in particular, it's also filled with lots of fear. It's filled with fear because she was engaged to somebody else, and that's not the baby's daddy. She's a young woman. She is told that she's pregnant because an angel Gabriel shows up. I mean, this is more of a sign of chaos. She's quite frankly fearful of what is in front of her. 
But Mary leans in. She holds on to this foundational truth that you and I need to hear today. It, look here in, in Luke 1, verse 45. It says this, that you are blessed, speaking of the you being there, Mary, because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. Mary is blessed because she believes that God will be consistent in what he says he's going to do. That in the midst of all kinds of chaos and inconsistency, she knows that God's going to hold his end of the bargain. And, and as a result of that, she sings a song known as the Magnificat. It's a beautiful song, and we could talk endlessly about what all it means, but I want to focus on one part in particular. She gets to the end of her song and she says that he, being God, has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever." See, what Mary's doing here is something that's really beautiful. She's attaching God's future to what he has done in the past. She's holding God to the standard that, that he is consistent in who he is and he comes through on his end of the bargain. How is she doing this in the song? Well, she points to the story of, of Abraham. One that would be told for generations. Mary didn't know Abraham personally. This is thousands of years of difference. But she was told of what Abraham and what God had done for Abraham. And how that would be a foundational truth that she would stand on. What, what did God do for Abraham? Really glad you asked. All right. Genesis 15. You've probably heard parts of this story before. We read that God here uh, says that he's making a promise to Abraham. He says, Father Abraham, you will have many sons and many sons. Yeah, I mean, the song is maybe stuck in your head, right? But he gives this promise of that you're going to have, you're going to be the father of many, many people and if you know that story, Abraham and his wife aren't able to have children at this point. And that's a beautiful promise that God gives, but we often overlook this next incredible moment of where God says, I'm going to hold my end of the bargain. Notice this in Genesis 15. It says this in verse 9. So the Lord said to him, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. See, God makes this promise that he's going to be the father of many nations, and he says, to seal that deal, we're going to make a covenant. Now, the way that they made a covenant back then is different how that we do it today. I mean, for us today, when we're making a contract or a covenant, we get a formal sheet of paper, we sign our little portion, and if it's a really important thing, we get a notary who comes and stamps it to say that this is a sealed deal. But thousands of years ago, the way that they did this was that they would have to offer a sacrifice. They would bring their choice animals, and they would cut them in half. 
I know, this seems really strange and gruesome. But, but what, what it was signifying is that this requires a sacrifice to remember this very moment. Because something important is happening right here. So they took those animals that God had told them to bring and they put them on opposite sides of the room. And in this covenant, what you would do is that then the two of you would walk through these sacrifices, signifying that we are together in this agreement, that you're going to hold your end of the bargain and I'm going to hold my end. And notice here what happens in Genesis 15. After they bring forward the animals and set it all up, they're in the office about to sign the contract. And then we read that this happens in 17 and 18. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking pot, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. This image of fire is one that's used throughout the Old Testament signifying God. And on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. God shows up and he steps through saying, I'm going to hold my end of the bargain. Notice here, who doesn't? Abraham. But that doesn't stop God from holding his end of the bargain. He says that in the midst of inconsistency, I'm going to be consistent. I will hold to what I said I was going to do. Because I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what's so fascinating is that you read the next chapter in Genesis 16, and it's the story of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. <laughs> it's the story of where they try to like go around what God had told them to do. And if you read the whole Old Testament, you will read the story of people who knew these truths of God but seemed to be inconsistent in their lives until you get to the promise of Jesus. The one who would fulfill all of what he said he was going to do. The one who lived the perfect life. The one who died on a cross. The one who was consistent and he did what he said he was going to do. Rising again from the dead. See, what we need in our lives is consistency. We need a God who promises to be consistent. We need a God who is silly as it sounds like a ruler. Who is consistent in how he is going to act in his covenant towards us. Promised through Jesus. Is is it messy? Absolutely. It comes with sacrifice. It comes 
with all kinds of things, but it's beautiful and consistent. I love here, when I think of this story of Mary in the midst of that chaos that she was probably experiencing, I love how she remembered thousands of years ago this story of Abraham. And and I'm sure Abraham, in that moment, would be reminded again and again of how God will fulfill what he says he's going to do. He's going to hold his end of the bargain. And I think it's just so fitting for us today, in the midst of all kinds of inconsistencies and new rules and regulations and all things that will happen, that we look to our God who promises to be consistent that promises a beautiful scripture here in Romans chapter 8. He says, For I am sure, this is Paul's words, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus our Lord. God's consistency comes through the gift of Advent, the gift of Jesus. And we hold and cling on to that. It's a foundational truth that we stand on. It's not a protective bubble. We will go through difficulty, but we stand on this truth of how God is working in this world. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you are consistent. God, I thank you that you are one. As Paul so beautifully writes, neither death nor life, angels or rulers, things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height or depth, nor anything else in all of creation will separate us from the love of you found in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I pray, Lord, that those words would be a truth that we stand on in the midst of inconsistency. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.